Welcome to Build an Iconic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Whitehead, and this podcast is dedicated to help you build a life with zero regrets by focusing on how you have everything you need to stand up, stand out, and live life on your terms. Let's dive right in. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Building an Iconic Life. I'm here with Kate Buck and uh, she is a half a world away from me right now and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to be on here with us. Hi, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Finally, actually, it's taken us a few months to get our calendars to sync. You've been a busy lady. I'm a very busy lady. Let's see. I will have been um, on Sunday, uh, I will have been in four cities and three countries in seven days. So doing what? Um, well, I live, uh, I, I, I don't know where I live. I live <laughs> primarily in Playa del Carmen, Mexico. So I was there and then I went to, um, Austin where I'm from to see my family for Christmas. Thank you. Southwest airlines for 12 hours in the Cancun airport. And mm. then uh, now I'm in this moment, actually, I'm here in Florida, um, packing up and getting ready to go with my boyfriend. We're going to Costa Rica for the month of January. So on Sunday, uh, I take off for Costa Rica. I'm just super excited to live the legitimately live the laptop lifestyle. You've been doing it for a while. When people talk about it, you know, when COVID hit, I was like, well, welcome, welcome everyone to my life. And um, if I really think about it, um, so I started online as K-Buck Jr., like my personal brand in January of 20, 2009 is when I launched my business. But I had been, I was online um, prior to that. I actually was a community manager for a personal development company called Landmark Education from 2006 to 2008. So two and a half years with them. And actually prior to that, I was teaching dance freelance. And then if I, and then I think about it too, it's kind of funny. I was being a personal assistant in the Mary Kay world. Um, but what was I doing? I was sending emails and um, helping them. They had this little, Mary Kay had developed this little tool to help them have their own little website for consultants where they could put out information and stuff. So I started doing that in 2004 and I was also selling MySpace layouts back then. I was <laughs> bucks and I would design your and, and code. Cause you know, you had to code yeah. and HTML, the whole thing anyway. So really, yeah, I've been doing, I've never had an office job. Occasionally I have a client where they want me to go into the office, but I've been doing it. I've never had a, I, I never had a desk desk job and I've been doing the laptop lifestyle like officially, officially since like 2006. What do you, for the people that haven't had the length of experience that you've had, especially with this online lifestyle that most of us are living now, um, give a high level overview of what you've seen happen with people around the world, the transitions people have mm -hmm. made from how they have promoted themselves or even just coming from a social environment of going, oh, cool, we can now talk to people all over the place to the intentionalities that you're seeing happen right now. 
Um, you see this happen. It, it, it's like it's like a macro cycle, and then you see it also happen in micro cycles every time a new platform comes out. Is there's always the ooh ah, this is awesome, and there's this childlike exploration and adventure of the technology because truly connecting with other humans is part of our DNA and what we're here for. As a matter of fact, it, you know, is one of the most important parts, Communi um, community um, and um, actually bioregulation through um, connection um, is, it's part of what balances our nervous systems. And um, so we're, we're really drawn to it and desire it. I don't care how many people tell you that if you, that you're an extrovert, it's bad. Or that if you like being around people that you're needy, like we're wired for it. Some of, some of us have just disconnected from it far enough that we say, we think we don't need it. Um, but so that's what happened in the beginning. It was really great. 2008, 2009 were really fun years for someone like me that is a true extrovert and really enjoys being with people. Um, and so we were learning all this fun, cool technology and learning it together and, um, going to conferences and, you know, all of this. And, um, and then the marketers come and I say that, I mean, I am also a marketer, right? Then the marketers arrive and everyone knows the marketers ruin everything. Then we learn how to hack that and use it for profit. And so my, uh, so that, that, that's been the, the cycle overall and it keeps getting more and more, you know, like in the beginning we were all on Twitter and it was like, this was social media was free and it was easy and it took no time. And at least those were the headlines. Right. And then, and then paid traffic came in. So people came and started dialing it in and then organic was no, you know, not a big deal anymore. And, you know, it was just, it's just these cycles of going from this is cool because we're humans and we get to connect with people to how do I use this for profit? And you see it every time a platform comes out, you know, the first few years that people that were on TikTok, just exploring all the cool things that you could do and having fun there. And some people making money just by being an early adopter. Mm -hmm. And then now there's this mad, you know, mad rush to monetize it. And the democratization of any of the platforms like that just makes it really boring and, makes everyone the same. And, 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 but then what happens is, you know, then that kind of go, people get bored, they go away and it sort of becomes, you know, finds its way and becomes cool again. So I think in general, um, one of the things that's most interesting to me right now is watching and seeing people are in harvest season. The people I started online with, um, people that I were, that I was friends with that planted really planted seeds with their brands back then um, are really in a true harvest mode. And it has been a decade, you know, more than a decade. And so Tony Robbins says, um, you know, you underestimate, you overestimate what you can do in a day, but you underestimate what you can do in five years or 10 years. I don't know exactly what he says, but it, I, I'm really aware of it. And it's a hard way to learn the lesson, to be on the other side of the decade and go, oh, yeah, do you remember how you said you didn't care about doing a YouTube video every day that, you know, social media in and of itself was enough to carry your brand or whatever? Well, some of those seeds planted in, in, in YouTube, in blogging, in building an email list, those channels um, are really paying off for people right now. And you can't see it while you're in it. You know, yeah. but you take a step back and you look at a decade of of people really digging down and investing and you go, whoa, you know, that's 
that's amazing. We all have our own journeys though. You know, I, um, I work on forgiveness for myself for not having taken that same journey. I had my own life path and, and things in life, they happen differently to different people. No one experienced what, what I experienced where I feel like that decade that I should have been investing, I feel like was sort of taken away from me in a sense, um, due to getting caught up in a not great relationship. But, um, nonetheless, um, I'm, I, I'm grateful that my personal brand sort of carried through. And so there's another lesson of that. It's that just being a good human, being helpful and being of service and value will carry you through. So you could drop me in anywhere USA. I wrote a blog post this year called starting over from scratch in life and business. And it's my 10 steps. And I realized I I've started over so, so many times I'm actually an expert <laughs> in starting over. And um, every time I start over, my start over is bigger and better than, than the last time. So um, anyways, I'm rambling now, but you asked me, what have I seen happen over a decade? And I watched a lot of people dig in. I've seen people, uh, you know, we've seen people get married. We've seen people get divorced. Yeah. We've seen people, I, somebody said the other day, their kid was 10. 10 this is a person I've never met. I just know from social media and their, their child is now 10 years old. So really lifetimes have been lived online and um, that I have the gray hair to prove it. No, that's platinum. <laughs> platinum. Oh, platinum. thank that's you. Platinum. I'm taking you know, my, my experience. Um, I built a brick and mortar business starting in 1998 and I've, you know, and, and it was in the construction field remodeling company. And by 2006, I started feeling the heartbeat of that. And by 2009, I shut it down. Mm. So, you know, 12 years, 13 years building a business. I ended up moving a thousand miles away and I had to get a job at first because, you know, I spent all my money trying to keep that thing alive. Yeah. In 2015. Oh, well, well, in, well, in, in the process, you know, I got divorced and that always costs money. And then I started this company called Think to Succeed and we did live events and I didn't realize what hotels do to your American Express card and I couldn't pay that bill. So I got my credit trashed and in 2015, I started a remodeling company again. And in three years, I built a million dollar company on cash, no credit. I couldn't do that in 13 years the first time. The next time I did it under duress. <laughs> And did it in three. And what I hear you saying, and it's what I think we all go through, you can know 12 or 11 of the 12 steps you need to do to complete the chain, the daisy chain of like, I got it. But until that last one clicks into place, none of the others make any sense. But what I respect about people and what I often say when I'm on stage, um, I'm proud I didn't quit on me. Because once yeah. I understood like, oh my gosh, my life does have purpose. Oh my gosh. I like, now I know why I suffered that. Oh my gosh. Now I understand who I can actually go help. It makes all of that trauma and all of that regret turn into gratitude. And that's the personal development journey that I hear you said you've been on. Yeah. You know, that's interesting because that one's really tricky because you won't know until you know, and you never know if you're going to know. So even like I said, with, with my past relationship, I read my Facebook memory just yesterday and it said 2014 was probably the worst year of my life. I'm sure sometime in the future it will make sense to me, but it doesn't right now. 
you know, and I read it knowing that there's, there's things that I know in life now that, what is it? Eight years later that that Kate just didn't know. And I don't know if I needed to have gone through those experiences in order to learn them. I assume the answer is yes. Um, but, but it is great and very fulfilling to finally read a post like that and have some level of awareness about the choices I made, you know, about what happened and have some mastery with it or have some, some understanding of it that I can look back and have appreciation for it borderline gratitude. That'll be the last little step. I have, I have, I do have gratitude for some of the aspects of what I went through, but I can see it now. You're right. You can see it now. And I actually remember making that post uh, and I've thought about it all the time. Do I have awareness yet to understand the significance of why I went through what I went through? And do I have, and to the point that I could even be grateful or appreciative of the trauma that I, or, you know, the, of, of those circumstances. And it, it, you know, it's almost a decade and you just, you just don't, it does, it's not there till it's there. You know, it's just not. And so, but it is nice to have that nice little bubble of it being complete. Um, and, and, and it's interesting that I say, I remember making that post because the difference between me and a lot of people is that I've been looking for it. I've wow. been waiting and expecting and looking for, I said it in the post someday, I'm going to have an understanding of why I went through this year that I went through and it's all going to make sense to me. And I'm going to have peace about it. Most people focus on the trauma and they just focus on the trauma and they keep telling the story of the trauma over again. And I'm not saying I didn't do that, but I was looking for, do I understand this now in a way that it makes sense to me and that I have peace and that I learned something from it and that I can move on. And that happened this year in 2022, but I was looking for it every year. Is it now? Is it now? Is it now? Well, I think it, that's, yeah. I think that's one of the things that I love about being an entrepreneur. Like at this point in my life, I'm 25 years into being an entrepreneur. So it's good enough to say that it's a lifestyle. And <clears throat> as an entrepreneur, I, there were some really strange processes I went through. One of them was I've got to just get a result, which is I'm in business to make money. Well, that turned me into an asshole for a while. And I took advantage of employees not knowingly, this is all unconscious. I took advantage of clients in the name of making money. It turned me into a marketer when I came online and I'm a reform marketer. Now I'm just me. But because an entrepreneur has to focus on a result, the greatest lesson that I learned from it is if I spill the milk and I take the time to whine about spilling the milk, I can promise you one thing. I'm not milking a cow for more milk. Right. And, and so if it is to be, it is up to me, which wasn't gratitude at first. It was actually a lot of desperation in me of like, oh my God, what have I chosen to do? I'm so underqualified for any of this stuff. And I thought it was just going to be about making money. It's actually my life is a, is, is a dumpster fire. And, and that's where personal development came in. It's not because, ooh, I just so want to feel like Tony Robbins. No, I needed it in order to be better at all these things. And then over time, 
I learned gratitude, whether I was making money or whether I wasn't. And that to me was the point of even in suffering, I can find joy. And if I can find the joy while I'm suffering, it means nothing that ever happens here for the rest of my life will take the joy away. I didn't say happiness. I said joy. And in that process, I found my purpose. And everybody has a different purpose. And that's what's so cool. I'm not here to try to beat my chest and say I'm better than Kate. Um, because in your purpose, I could never be better than you. And you're, you can never compete with me and mine. So now we have the freedom to actually help each other become better people. And that takes all of that old school mentality from me away, which was desperation. Yeah. And eventually that leads to just gratitude. Um, it just it, like, I'm not trying to be grateful. It literally just smacks you in the face and you're like, dude, if I hadn't have gone through all that bullshit, I'm not sure that I would know what I know right now. And yeah. because of the, because of what we're coming into in this next cycle, that allows me to connect with people in a really authentic and vulnerable way. And where I get my heart touched is when people are willing to share things with me that maybe they were afraid to share with other people. And then as a coach and a mentor, I can go, well, here was my experience. And they go, Eureka. And they move on. And I'm like, that was freaking awesome. And then we make the world better because in entrepreneurism, I believe in this part of capitalism, the biggest value should also make the money. That's how we make the world a better place. And I believe you've been on that same path. I've known you for a long time, even though you haven't known me for a long time. And I've watched you be authentic. I, you know, one of your best friends, he's, he's a person that I love, Ori. I've literally watched that man change his life while being a hundred percent authentic and friggin' vulnerable. And I watched him going from being a so-so artist to holy shit, man. Yeah. This guy is magical. Nice. And you're connected to people because you chose to change who gets to be in your inner circle. Has that been a hard struggle for you to see that more clearly? And would you be willing to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, I think, first of all, um, like I was saying back in when Twitter and everything, social media was kind of first getting going, like 2007, 2008, those years, everybody, we were all friends with everybody. You got, I feel like you got to meet, you know, real people. And so we really did form what I thought were real friendships. And I do remember the first time uh, I had arranged like a swap. I, I was published by Perry Belcher and Ryan Dice at Digital Marketer. And then I went off on my own and all of the people that had made money with my Let's Get Social program as an affiliate, I asked them all to promote it when it was, again, when it was just me. And almost no one did, except for um, uh, Laura Betterly and yeah. Carrie Wilkerson, a couple of my really, you know, really close friends. And I remember having to send an email saying like, this doesn't feel good that you promised that you would support me. I'm going out on my own. You are one of my biggest affiliates. I supported you as well. Like I had already mailed from my personal email list to, to support their launch. And it doesn't feel good that you're not reciprocating. And that's when I sort of realized that I wasn't doing business like 
the right way or whatever. I was not a business person. I'm just a person doing business, <laughs> trying. <laughs> um, and, and that's when I realized that, you know, my mom would joke and say that I called everybody my friend or whatever, that we weren't all friends um, and that this was business. And, um, and so from there, you know, again, being an extrovert, you give a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to keep up relationships, relationships, tape nurturing. And I don't mean this whole like silly thing. Like I literally have account appointments on the calendar with my closest friends once a month to check in. So I, I have one or two calls in the evenings every week because I travel so much. I'm not in the same place. So we don't do dinners and, mm -hmm. you know, birthdays and all of that. So if you're important to me, you're on my calendar once a month, at least where I text you and say, Hey, I'm busy or can we move or, you know, just a high hello, because what I realized is so much time goes by. So being on the receiving end of that, you start to realize when people only call you when they want a promo or, um, you know, people that only message you when you, when you need something. And, um, it just wasn't in my nature to ever be okay with that. So I, I just tell people, <laughs> um, yeah. but it has meant whittling down who I am connected with. I still can reach out and get to anybody. That's my favorite party trick is like, Hey Siri, call unreachable internet marketer and they'll answer the phone for me. Because what's interesting is uh, there's this new layer of, you know, internet marketers or people online or whatever who don't know me. Um, and I don't mean that like you don't know me, but don't know me. And so, then, or they don't recognize me or remember they knew there was some other human, which was not this person. I was heavy and brown and pink hair and, you know, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, but that I know everyone who knows everyone who knows everyone and, and, and they'll all do stuff for me. But I personally had to whittle down who I respond to, who I give time and attention to, who I'll do anything for, because we only have so much time in a day. And so even in my personal life, those people that are on my calendar, it's like, you know, it's a challenge to make sure that I stay in touch. And so if someone's not reciprocating that energy, it's okay though. Um, I feel like, I feel like the older we get and I, I love this age. I'm 43. I just turned 43 and I feel I'm like, I wish I had this wisdom like my huh. whole life because there's so much should. Um, I started, that, that was something that came up earlier um, for me about online. There's so much should, like I should have been more successful. I should have more followers. I should have a bigger brand. I should have made more money. I should, I should, I should. Well, I didn't. And that wasn't my life path. So it's easy to compare, to get the compare-itis, especially in, especially in everyone's shoes, but especially in my shoes that I literally, you know, I was here on day one of social media. So I could have done something really, really huge by now, but I dealt with my own insecurities in the beginning. I dealt with a bad relationship in the middle. I was not who I was today. And now it's a crowded marketplace. And I frankly don't have the energy, nor do I care about that level of notoriety or fame or, or, you know, whatever now. So, um, what I do care about though, is being real. And I've always cared about that. And, um, and I care about, about being accurately assessing and trusting the people around me and 
kind of this question ties into the last question. I apologize if I seem like I'm rambling, but um, oh, it's, it's you know, earlier we talked about you had to go through what you go through so that you know what you know. And I have a radar now where I can immediately, I just immediately know when someone's not, you know, in often being authentic with me, you know, I call it my narcissist radar, you know, like I just, <laughs> I have the narcissist. I mean, literally I know all the tactics. Um, I'm very well versed in them and it's not even a conscious thing. It's more like my body responds yeah, and goes, like, no, and puts up a wall and literally like that. And then my brain goes, aha, this is watch out for this person based on what they're saying. They'll use a dismissive tactic or a gaslighting tactic or a diminishing tactic or, you know, um, oh, you're just the email. Oh, you're just the social media girl. Or, you know, I've gotten the whole, the whole thing. And then you go, okay, no, not playing here. So I pass up opportunity after opportunity. I, I don't play in arenas where people aren't real. And sometimes what's fake sells. I mean, yeah. look at Photoshop, look at magazine covers, look at models, look at movies, look at everything. Fake people aspire, you know, people are aspiring to be beautiful and sexy and wealthy and the whole thing. So you plaster that all over um, all over social media or your marketing, you know, people will give you people will give you money Um I traveled the world in my backpack. I've seen 30 countries. I've, I, I've had experiences that are just ridiculous, amazing, you know, in the jungles and, you know, I've taken my laptop and lived the whole way through. So it's an entirely different life that I've lived and it's easy to get comparitis. It's easy to want to run in certain circles. It's easy to want to for people get on me all the time. Like, Oh, I, I can't hire you. You only have 6,000 followers on Instagram or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, that's totally, totally fine. What I'm looking for in life these days is authenticity, peace mm -hmm. of mind, health, happiness, joy. And just like you were saying about gratitude, I mean, you know, gratitude in challenging situations this it's not easy and it's not easy to teach yourself if you don't most of us didn't come from homes where they were teaching us positive emotions so about 6 or 7 years ago which is something that i have a gratitude for for my past relationship is he introduced me to a guy named Dr. Joe Dispenza which ha has been life changing for me but the reason it changed my life is not cuz i went to one seminar and did whatever it's because i dedicated an entire Two, last two years of my life to teaching myself positive emotions, to teaching myself gratitude, to teach myself joy and happiness. He, he has a meditation that literally says, what does, you know, joy feel like? And I remember the first time putting on that meditation going, <laughs> I mean, like for no reason, you just right. want me to call up the emotion of joy, gratitude, nobility, you know, uh, courage, um, all of these things. So practicing these positive emotions, but is because I dedicated myself to that practice for a year. Why? Because you get to the place where you're effing tired of being sick and tired, where you're tired of being sick and tired of all that stuff we just talked about, of being surrounded by fake people, of being, um, of being, um, feeling just that your life is, what is it existing for? 
this it's internet like, thing can be all consuming and everyone's business now lives online, especially post COVID. So this internet thing, it doesn't shut off. It's 24 seven. There's always a new there. It's always going. There's always a new platform. There's always something to chase and it's easy to get caught up in that. So knowing what's important to you, knowing that and we're all, you're all, everyone's going to get caught up in it in the beginning. Cause it's fun. I mean, it's really fun. It was, I did all the things, you know, it was really fun. I did all the private jets and all the private masterminds and all the cars and all the, I know it, I know all the everyone's. Um, but the thing that brings me the most joy and the most peace is walking, you know, is walking the beach every day and getting my meditation in and getting closer to God. And so that's just the path that I, chose and I just do enough here um, to sustain the rest of that rest of my life the way I want it. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's understanding the way that I heard you say it. It's understanding that my business is to fund my lifestyle, not my lifestyle to fund my business. And, truly, truly. Yeah. Although I, I get a lot of newbies that think that life and business are separate too, and they're mm. really not, they're one in the same, but um and even for me, like I'm the workaholic of my, of my friends. So I sit here and said all of that. I'm, I'm the workaholic of all of them, but that's because I also really, truly enjoy what I do. And I love spending time here. It's the difference between something consuming you, like driving you and you driving it when it's unconscious and, and it's driving you, it, it will run you, you know, it'll run you ragged. But when you become aware, oh, no, I love this. I love my time here. I love when I'm feeling creative and I'm energized and I'm working on projects or, you know, my business and it's great. But, um, you know, especially with all this AI and everything that we're talking about, it's like also being offline is just so nurturing, co-regulating with our friends and family, like we, men like we mentioned, all those things being more important than that almighty dollar for sure. And what I was going to say as I rudely tried to interrupt you. Um, okay. I'm a, I'm very verbose. It's that's good. I, li I like it. Um, no, it's perfect. Actually. Uh, Robin is exactly the same way. And I certainly have a lot to say. So it's sometimes fun. Just waka, waka, waka. Um, where it's not fun is when it's waka, waka, waka. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's, it, you know, we decided to become entrepreneurs, but then we follow this corporate lifestyle of locking ourselves in cages and we've done ourselves the worst disservice on earth. You have zero protection. If you don't learn how to build an actual company and something happens to you, your income is going to stop. Uh, most likely that happens not after you're making a lot of money. It's in the process of making that money. Then we figure out that we've given up our health. We've given up relationships. We've given up any kind of relationship with faith. Um, and so now money is all consuming. And then we wonder why we're so unhappy. Well, you weren't put on earth to create this dollar bill that doesn't actually exist. You were, you were put on earth to find out your value and to actually be courageous enough to share it. And through that, there will be a gauntlet of you shedding these particular thought patterns in the people like you to me that are iconic are the ones that have kept at it, even when they've gotten nothing but a shit sandwich. And the reason I believe it is because that's been my Friggin' experience. I, I've made lots and lots of money and watched it all crashed and burned. And I, I, Remember at 35 years old, the identity crisis that I had when my first business no longer existed. Who the hell is Chris Whitehead now? 
I have no value on this earth. And it was a major position for me to really start personal development in a very serious manner. And it's funny, here I am 10 years later after meeting you, still meeting you. And these are the people that I want in my life. Not for making money. This, this podcast for me is an opportunity for me to bring on people that I want on here. It's And yes, the marketing part works, okay, everybody? Yes, podcasts are for marketing. But that's not what I, the joy I get out of it is I get to choose mm -hmm. who gets to be here and who doesn't. I get to choose wh where this conversation goes. And because, like you, I've been practicing vulnerability for so long, I have a feeling that maybe gold nuggets will pop out of it when two people are willing to just share openly. A boy and a girl just sitting here in a room going, blah, 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 blah. And then somebody goes, Eureka, that saved me 15 years. Thank you. That's what it's here for. Yeah. And maybe it is only 6,000 people, but I bet you it's 6,000 people strong, not 240,000 jerks. <laughs> just an, Maybe, maybe. Just a guess. So the thing is, um, I was explaining this the other day because, um, you know, it's hard when you, it, it, there's a dance between um, the, the business world and then living life and is it life or business? And, you know, um, I have a, I have a good friend that, is super into really deep in her spirituality. And um, I find that, that that niche has a hard time making money. And um, so when I coach in that niche or I help friends in that niche, because I, I don't coach in that niche because I don't have. <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> when I, when I support my friends in that niche, I find myself explaining that there's this, everything in life is a game. Even life itself is a game. If you look at it that way. And when you're unhappy with how something is going, it's because you haven't mastered the art or the, of the game of that part. And so I, I call it the, you know, it's, it's the, I call it the economy when I'm coaching. So it's this game. It's kind of like monopoly. Right. Mm -hmm. And this sounds so basic, but like when you distinguish it as like this game that we're playing over here, where if I put this here and that here and that here and this here, I get this result. And if I just get better at doing these actions to get a better result, it takes all of this like ego and, and, and identity, our own self-identity wrapped up. It's like the difference between, you know, my, and my friend that I was coaching is far more talented graphic designer than me. Um, you know, she's got a lot of skills. She's really great. Uh, she makes me a better, I, I hire her for every project that I do. And my clients think I'm an amazing graphic designer. Um, uh, she's just a lot of beautiful things, but she hasn't mastered the game of the economy. And then on the other side, people want to resent when they fail at learning that game and then they resent it and they, they don't, I don't want to play that game. It's so stupid. Why do we have to, why, why does life have to be this way? Or it's the opposite. And somebody's so enmeshed and immersed in the economy game. That's the only thing that matters to them is this, is this game of the economy. And then, like you said, you wonder why you're unhappy because you miss this other side. So there's this balance in the middle of, um, I, I was blessed that I, did my first personal development seminar at 19. So I'm 24 years into the personal development game and I've done all of it. I've done all, I've, I've read all the books. I've done all the podcasts. I've been on all the masterminds. I've seen all the healers. I did all the plant medicine. 
you know, I did all, all the things. And, um, and, and the thing that I can say is that when you start looking at these things, um, your relationship, even like your primary relationship, your family, your friends, your, even the game of health and fitness, your credit score, how well you're doing in business, your online brand, um, how many countries have you been to, you know, whatever, whatever those things are, I'm, it could be anything, um, it as a game and trying to figure out, you know, we, these are games that we were born into. We, we inherited them. We didn't necessarily invent them. And that's not another way that people fuck up is that first you need to learn just how to play the game as it is and exists in life. Now, then you can start once you've mastered it, then you can do get to play around with it. People about around social media, like in social media specifically, everybody's like, Oh, well, I don't want to do what everyone's doing on TikTok. I want to do something different. And it's like, well, <laughs> you want to be successful in life, find somebody who did what you, you know, find somebody who's done what you want to do, follow them. Once you've mastered that and then you understand the ins and outs of why that works, now you can start iterating and making changes. But that's true about just about everything. You want to get good at your spirituality, like find a person that you appreciate. That For me, that was Joe Dispenza. Uh, find someone that you appreciate their outlook and where and what they've achieved and then copy them. Then, then go make it your own after that. And I know that's something that you guys have heard. I know the thing about looking back with gratitude means, you know, that you've healed yourself from a past thing. And I know they sound like altruisms or like, you know, Facebook quote images or whatever, but it is actually the, the, um, the immersion of which the curiosity to discover it for yourself is to me where the real richness of life comes in. Cause we read books and we go to seminars and we listen to podcasts and we do all of this, but have you applied and dedicated yourself to the knowledge to find out if it's true or not? Is there something in your life that you're holding on to as a grudge that you wake up every morning and ask yourself, do I see the gratitude in it today? It's okay if the answer is no, but expecting waiting and wanting almost that someday you will. That's how you learn if that altruism is really, really true or not versus just sharing the stupid quote in your story on Facebook because some influencer posted it and you, you know, want to reshare it. So I don't know where I got on that tangent from, but um, I don't know, but I will tell you this. It was two weeks ago that I was in the office with my team and I was ranting got all these people putting out these memes and even requoting people, by the way, without citing who they're quoting. Sure. Thank you, Tony Robbins. Cause he's Thank done you. that. Here's yeah. the beginning. I mean, I but, try to quote all the time. Somebody told me to stop once and I was like, why? I well, you can or you can't, you can or you can't, it doesn't matter. But here's the thing. I will literally watch you do that quote. Then I'll look at you, do a live video where you undo that quote in the live video. And I realize that you're not integrated yet. And um, it frustrates me because the idea and, and what we've been taught is to be consumers. Well, I have a lot of entrepreneurs in, in my friends list that my clients, my people, they're all entrepreneurs. That means you're a producer, not a consumer. But if you're constantly reading the book and not applying it to your life, why are you reading the fucking book? Like, well, like I'm here to grow. You know, that's where joy is found is in growth, even if it hurts. That's where it's found. It's hard because I think um I think I think there's something about being human that we want what's best for us, but 
there's just something inherent in being human that then we also are attached to our suffering and we have resistance to actually taking, I, Tony Robbins says, <laughs> we move towards, you know, you know, it's Toward easier to move away from pain than towards pleasure, right? right? And Joe Dispenza says um, that we, Joe Dispenza says like, why wait for the crisis to make the change? Why wait? Why wait for your sickness to learn how to heal your body? Heal, learn how to heal your body before you get sick. Don't wait for the divorce. Don't wait for the business, you know, to learn how to do all those things. And, um, and, and but, but we just do, even I do, even with as much, as I do, and I've now, you know, that I didn't do before is I, I, we, I still struggle sometimes with doing all the things, you know, if, if it, 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 I was talking to my boyfriend the other day, who's um, an entrepreneur as well. And in the health space. And he said, you know, keeping up with your health is like a part-time job. It's like in the morning, you gotta do the meditation, you gotta do the exercise, you gotta do all the supplements, you gotta drink the water, you gotta eat the right foods. And then, I mean, that's, that's a nice more, you know, but how many people are, are going to be, we all know that that's the case, but who's waking up at 4am to do that, you know? So our third core value, my personal third core value is innovation. And I teach a lot of entrepreneurs how to build businesses. And so I teach them core values as a foundation that comes right after know who you are before you start marketing anything, because you actually attract who you are, everybody, key, key point. But innovation is the ability to change without ego. And the biggest companies on earth are, will do that. They'll spend millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to learn something doesn't work and just let it go and move on. And I also learned that 87% of people when diagnosed with terminal illnesses choose not to change their behaviors, which means they're choosing to die. So you're absolutely right. We have a reptilian I think brain. people choose to do that way earlier in their life. Absolutely. That's why it shows up. It. When you choose to not get over your grudge, when you choose yeah. to get diagnosed as diabetic, but not, you know, not change your food. When you choose to not wait every morning, when you cho choose to not get your exercise in for even just a few minutes, you're choosing death. Death. Yeah, I just, I'm like, sorry, don't mean to hurt y'all's feelings, but that's what you're choosing. You're choosing death. And I, I literally, um, as morbid as this sounds, I meditate on death every day because it's the greatest motivator in my life is to realize that it won't be here forever. And what's my point? What's my purpose? Why am I going to talk to Kate today? Do I even give a damn if I want to talk to her today? Um, am I going to remain in integrity? Um, am I going to communicate effectively? Uh, is there a goal associated with that? And what is it? And am I willing to be clear and blah, blah, blah. So the more that I do these things, the more that I find, you know what? I don't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning, take the supplements, do the things, da, 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 da. but you know what? I can do one of those things. One. I can do 1% better today. I can choose that today I can't wake up at four because I went to bed at 1245, but maybe instead of 830, I'm going to get up at eight. And then maybe tomorrow I'm going to also drink not a full gallon of water, just a half gallon of water and get up at eight. And then maybe the next day I get up at 7.30 and just drink the half gallon of water. And then maybe I start doing the research the following day on the supplements. But you know what? If we do it in increments, we also yeah. have these neural pathways. And Dispensa talks about this a lot. The more you do a habit, the more you entrench a neural pathway. The more you entrench a neural pathway, the more dopamine and serotonin flow that goes through that for participating in that neural pathway. So if we do little things, 
yeah. and we do it intentionally, we're creating a new neural pathway that we can eventually have a habit from, form from. And it's beautiful and it's easy. And you're an example of that because you literally haven't stopped doing it. I haven't. I walked. I do. I, I walked into my future and I look back. I keep track and records. Thank you, social media. Thank you, journaling. Um, thank you, just my long-term memory of knowing who I was one or two years ago. And um, it's incremental and it's every day, but there is a commitment to it. And it's a commitment to, Dispenza would have you close your eyes and imagine your future self, mm. who you think you want to be. It's a commitment to that person. It's a commitment every day to take one step closer to being that person. It's not going to happen unless you, you know, make a commitment to that person, like get married to that future self and let them know that, you know, the actions that, you know, you know, the actions that you take today impact the life that you live tomorrow. And so we all think and dream someday, maybe, um, but we don't, we don't take the actions. I don't, I, I've always just, I mean, I struggle too, for sure. I resist a lot of stuff, but eventually I give in and take the actions. You know, I moved I, 30 countries. I, I moved to, to Mexico. I bought a condo there. I, why, why'd you do that? To start over, to, to reward myself, to live where I want to live, to do live the life I want to live. I'm a yes to living the life that I want to live. And so even if that means doing something that's scary, I'll do it. And like you said, I'll do it in baby steps. I moved down there first. I rented, I lived, I got to know now I'm comfortable. Now I'm ready to take the next step. I do the research. I look for places. I find something that feels good. I take the next step. All of a sudden, someday I'm like, uh, people are, I had somebody just staying in my condo a couple of days ago, older than me and just never taken one step towards living even a month in a, another country. You guys, it's, I remember being on the plane the first time when I went to fly to Europe for four months, thinking I was never going to come back and how scared I was because I don't know the language and I'm, you know, and the money and the, where's the grocery store and what if I get injured and the whole thing. But like, again, once you do it, you learn it. You, I was there for a week going, Oh, come on. You run, million dollar businesses. Like you can live in a foreign country. All of those were irrational fears, right? Um, there's, you know, there's fear and there's, there's legitimate fears, like legit. Somebody has a gun pointed to your head. You can, you know, you, you, your body has a fear response. That's appropriate. Everything else is just made up stories and you're having a fear response and it's totally, you know, it seems legitimate, it seems like you're walking the plank and somebody's going to push you off the end, but walking off the plank is getting on the airplane is saying yes or no that you do or don't want to do something. Sometimes even it's, it's saying, no, it's saying, I don't want to do this anymore. That is scary. And you feel, you know, like this, but then on the other side is flow is life is peace is relief. Um, of starting or stopping that thing that has just been swirling and swirling and chewing. So I am too curious in my life to worry and wonder what that thing will be like for too long. I booked the ticket, you know, 
I just do. My stepdaughter passed when she was 18. And I think for me, similar to what you said, you kind of have this motivating factor that drives you. You know, she was 18. It was a real lesson that tomorrow truly is never promised. So do the damn thing. Just do it. Like, what's the worst that could happen? You turn around and go home. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. None of it is death. You, you sell the business and then you regret it. Okay. Um, you don't sell the business, you know, you, you, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like what there's really, there's not actual death on the other side of making these decisions. There's only some vision of that. What we think is metaphorical death in our, in our minds. And it's not real. So just do it. One of the things that you're displaying, um, without sounding bigotous, I want to say this, but ladies in general are more security conscious. Men tend to be more like, ah, just what the hell? We'll just go do it. And by the way, do not put the ladder on the staircase and try to put the chandelier up while standing on a plank. Whereas the girls will stand back and say, yeah, that's probably not going to work. Probably way not a good idea. Um, so one of the things that's iconic about what you're talking about right now is you've learned to let go of worry. And it sounds like something you probably processed your way through because there was probably times in your life where you didn't choose to go forward. And you see that and you're like, wow, I had a major revelation. Was there a specific instance other than your stepdaughter that really helped you like just fully embrace opportunity? Um, or has it been those micro steps all along the way? No, I, I actually never really thought like where it comes from. Like I said, I'm just really curious and I'm just, I'm just naturally not afraid. Maybe that comes from all my years of dance training. Um, Cause I studied pretty hard when I was a kid and I really wanted to be a professional dancer. I didn't make it my degrees in dance, but I didn't make it as a professional. I wasn't good enough, but um, I just, I don't know. I think um, I, did that set you on a pathway though that you've just it's a an itch you've just of, like, always conquering things. Yeah, yeah, well Essentially, yeah. I, I definitely am a lifelong there's two things about me that and I say this to people all the time if they're getting started in business or getting started online or the two things I think that have uh carried me really really far and one is that I'm an insati- I'm an insatiable learner. I could never possibly learn enough. I am so curious, insatiably curious. That's the word insatiably curious. I am curious and curious and curious and curious. And I'm curiouser and curiouser and curious. I just want to know how does it work? Why I'm that kid. Why, 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 why does it work? Why do you get that conversion rate? Why did this work? What if we tried this? What if we do that? What if we, why? I want to know why I want to know why I want to learn. I want to know how to do it all. I never want to have, I remember one time I couldn't fix something on my website and I had to wait and Actually, I had to call Ori. I called Ori. I had to really wait, but okay. And I just remember feeling like my hands were tied behind my back. And I remember making a post that said, I will never not know how to do something ever again. Because even if I hire somebody to do something, I will never not know what they're doing so that I can't jump in and do it myself in a pinch. Why? Because it's my business. So I'm also like fiercely independent and resourceful in that way that I don't want to have to rely on anybody else. And that probably is childhood trauma um, related. The, 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 the other thing, well, I guess that's three because 
fiercely independent and independently responsible for everything is one thing. But the other thing that I did in the beginning of my business, and I still do it today, is I'm a yes. I'm a yes. Now, granted, that does get you in trouble a little bit with saying yes too much. And I can counter argue the other side. And I I'm work on saying no and teach people to say no to what's not best for them. But I'm a yes to opportunity. I'm a yes to exploration. I'm a yes to saying, well, let's have a conversation about that. I'm a yes to seeing if it's a fit. I'm never a no until I know for sure that it's a no. I don't say no to people immediately a lot at all because I want to explore. I want to see. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is a fit. Maybe maybe we should work together. Maybe there is something here. Maybe there is an opportunity. Maybe this would be fun. Maybe I would learn something, <laughs> you know? And it's like I'm too fucking curious to say no right away. And so that has gotten me really, really far because that, yes, leads to the next opportunity, to the next opportunity, to the next opportunity. Now, it's not that I don't say no. I let a client go last week. It wasn't a fit anymore. I didn't going into 2023. I, I didn't want to work with them. So I let them know. I gave them one of my team members that they hired, you know, or, you know, they're going to work with that person directly. So best of both worlds for both of us. So it's not that I don't say no, but I'm a yes to opportunity. I'm not afraid to, to, to do that stuff. And I think that when I talk to people that are trying to figure they're stuck in their head and trying to figure it out. And is it the right thing? And then I got to put the thing in the thing. And it's like, what's that micro step? Just book a plane ticket, get on the plane and go for a day or two, go for a week. Like just do, do something. The, the wondering and the worrying is like, that's the choosing of death because you know, all of that just had nothing but cortisol in the body. Your yes. body's full of stress hormones, full of cortisol. That means you are pre every disease imaginable. It's like, it's like being a yes to life is really in so many ways, rich in experiences, like you said, rich in releasing um, all these positive um, serotonin and dopamine, all these positive emotions, which in turn feeds your body mm -hmm. more energy, more vitality so that you can go do even more things. So it's a, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy there. The moral of the story, if, for this podcast, you guys is just do the damn thing. Just do it. And I'm, I'm going to just tell you, so COVID hit and, you know, Robin and I are, we have a couple of businesses and we're doing well and not a whole lot to do. So I said, hun, let's go to Florida. And she's like, okay. And we get on the plane and she goes, where are we staying? I said, I don't know yet, but it's a good thing we're on JetBlue because um, I don't have to buy the internet package. <laughs> Let's figure out where we're staying right now. now While you're what, on the plane, that's so great. What's cosmically funny about that is that's who I am. Like, it'll be fine. It's always fine. I'm always fine. I also have a couple lumps that I you can't see unless I take my shirt off um, of it not being fine, but I'm still alive. Robin, on the other hand, is she's already planned it out since the time she was two. And... This is how it's going to work out. And so together we've been able to balance one another, but there was something so magical in me when we found this little Airbnb and because it was COVID, it was only 1500 bucks for the whole week. It only had two bedrooms. It had a pool and a hot tub above the pool. It had all these, um, greenery around it so we could be butt naked run around this place it was in a place called sarasota florida which i found out the beaches are white 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 all around there um we had the most magical time of our lives and here's what's even funnier kate 
we go back and I'm like, I want that exact place again. It's booked out for the next three years. What if we yeah. hadn't have done it? And that's, I'm like you, except mine and Lonnie used to make fun of this about me all the time. He would teach me something in internet marketing. I go, what's next? I was the what's next guy. I need to know more about where we're going with this thing all the time. And he would just make fun of me, but it goes very long away with being curiouser. It's a beautiful thing when curiouser leads you to new experiences, not the same fucking ones over and over. That's not curiouser, everyone. Mm -mm. No, that, not at all. That is mental masturbation. And I don't agree with that. <laughs> no, yeah. And you know, those are hard cycles to get out of. So that was the challenge and the lesson of the relationship that I was in from 2013 to 2020 uh, to the end of 2019 was trying to figure my way out of a situation, but doing the same, doing the same thing, but just doing it differently and yep. being stuck in one of those loops and cycles. And again, people not, but then Get, at some point drawing a line you are there's there's one thing that's noble about that right of trying to make something work and find all the different strategies or tactics that you can so that you're continuing to do the same you know you're in this relationship you're trying to make it work or you're in your business and you're trying to make it work but you you're just feeling like you're stuck in a loop there's something noble about saying okay have i tried everything and you know sure. giving it a go but there's there's some point in time where you have to go no i've i've it was the moment the counselor looked at me and she said, how much longer are you going to do this? And I said, so glad somebody, you know, that's what I, that's what I came for. I came, I paid all that was the permission that you needed one question. Wow. No, not anymore. No. And so, um, you know, so then it was great. Well, great. This means imploding my life, my business. Mm. But there was no separation. Mm. Uh, I was supposed to be moving to Amsterdam I had to move back in with my family and live on the couch. How embarrassing is that? Whose ego would not let them do that? But otherwise I was stuck in as, you know, like you're saying, doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result definition of insanity. That's not there. I was curious for a really long time. And then, and then, that, and then it just isn't working and you just have to declare it dead. And you have to, again, be willing to step into the unknown. Uh, Dispenza says that the, uh, the fulfillment, the richness of your life is directly proportional to the amount of, uh, un of the unknown that you're willing to live in. And so how much do people, do we all have to know the answer, know what's next, know the steps of everything before we take the first action. And that in and of itself is, is limiting. If you have to know, living in the unknown is where magic happens. It's where mm. miracles show up is where you find a $1,500 a week Airbnb that you'll never be able to book again because it's going to be full for the rest of, you know, until, until whenever that's how those types of things happen is when you step out of the known, if it's the known, then you can't have a miracle in the known a miracle literally comes from the unknown. So you have to go, okay, I don't know how this is going to end up, but I know that I can't, but I know that I'm willing to take the risk. And that's really the thing. So I imploded everything. I gave up my whole business. I started from scratch January 1st, 2020. And it was the best decision that I ever made. I literally started with $0 in the bank, sleeping on my mom's couch on January 1st, 2020, 2021. I had my biggest year in business that I have ever had in my more than a decade on online. So you are rewarded when you take the risks.
you will be rewarded and put in the work, right? The, the implementation of doing the work every day, the gratitude, the positive, all the things. If you go back to the beginning of this podcast, you put together this formula, learning to master the game, doing it with positivity, letting go of regret, expecting miracles, stepping into the unknown, burning it all down, taking the risk, taking the, you put all those things together. You just can't help but live a fucking epic life. You just can't. Iconic, iconic life. Now you know why I brought her on, everyone. <clears throat> I knew. Haha. Ha. Um, I'm going to share one last thing. I want to hear your opinion on it. And then we're just going to ask everybody how to get in touch with you because we literally are at the one hour mark. Um, that happened fast, too. Um, so one of the things that I've learned to do, and it requires extreme faith in yourself or in the universe or God, however you want to put it, but a lot of people invest a lot of time in that curious mode that doesn't get them anywhere, that actually immobilizes them. Uh, because it's not that they don't want the change, it's that they don't want more negative to happen. And, and a lot of times when you need it the most is when you're least likely to do it. But I, I want to challenge people with this, and I want to ask your opinion about it, if you ever heard of it. I'm sure you have. But one of the things that I've learned to do is to simply stand up straight, ask a question that only has a yes or no answer. And if I'm supposed to do it, my body's going to tell me and I will just gently lean forward. And if I'm not supposed to do it, I'll feel my body lean back. And if I get no answer, it's because I didn't ask a clarifying enough question. I want to know what your thoughts are on that, because I literally trust my gut, not my heart, not my head. Um, boy, if those fucked me up, good. But my gut doesn't seem to lie. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's it's true. Well, we I mentioned earlier about my um, my radar and the pushing back when I meet a person. So that's it. There are more uh, nerve endings or synapses in your gut than there are in your actual brain. So when people say like, um, I had a feeling in my gut. Uh, there's there even like a microbiome in there like candida will make you if you notice that you're craving sugar it's not that your brain or that you're actually craving sugar it's that your gut is there you have an overgrowth of yeast that yes. is craving sugar so our i think our guts are do control our thoughts um and happen first and then so what you're doing is a bit of muscle testing yeah. um right and that is 100% it there's i know another way to do it um which is you put um if you're asking like do you want to move right you want to live in florida or texas whichever um i i live in both you live in both <laughs> um you so put yeah. them into a hat and you ask the question and you pull one out and whichever one you get it's the same your body will respond towards or away and you know the answer. So all of these things are tools that you can use. People use Oracle cards, you know, like woo, people like you pull an Oracle card. The or Oracle card is not supposed to be, people call it quackery or whatever because they think that, oh, the Oracle card is supposed to be telling you something. No, no. The Oracle card says something that's a tool that then you're supposed to analyze the response that the tool makes in your body. And that is the actual answer so yes we go we we feel pulled biologically towards the things that are that are good for us and repelled by the things um so if you even just see like i mean we even do it like ew you know it's like you you do pull back the challenge is like you said 
um, heart and the brain. Um, that's a whole nother podcast, but, um, <laughs> most people are stuck in their brain. Yeah. And if you can even just get from your brain down to your heart and just push some of that energy simply by closing your eyes and focusing on some of the lower parts of your body to just quiet this thing and feel this thing a little bit more. Now you have the ability to do what you're doing. Otherwise it is fake and mechanical. Yeah. Like I'm moving forward or back. It's because we do need to slow down to decompress, to be in nature, to get off the internet and to spend more time in our body. Um, our eyes closed, um, it, your phone shut off the whole thing so that there, there's, a, if you get into the dispenser work, there's innate intel. There are billions of processes happening every second in our body. If, if you for a moment think that you have any mastery over <laughs> those processes, whether they happen or not, you have no even idea what's going on. Yeah. So, so to you, to, to not spend any time like tending to them or to think that they're not important, or I don't really remember exactly what I was just saying about it, but like, this is the smarter than we are. Yeah. Our body is smarter than we are. The intelligence that exists that put this together is smarter than we are. I don't know what that is. I don't propose. I just call it information. Some information made this happen. And I just want to tap into whatever that information is to heal it, to bring peace to it, to get out of my head, to make better decisions. Is this right for me or this right for me? The intelligence, whatever that is, knows better than we do. You can't, this thing is archaic compared to whatever put the whole body and the whole system with those billions of things. You, you can't even, you guys, we can't even get to lunch on time or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> remember to take out the trash or, you know, whatever that we're not responsible for billions of processes. So that's where, that's where why meditation is such a big deal. And everyone's really into it these days is there's a bit of surrender uh, there to knowing that their humbleness, that my brain is not driving the whatever, everything here. Dance, there's something dance, else running the show. Dance and yoga do the same thing once you get into flow and away from the mechanics of it. Right. <clears throat> um, right. Actually, creative writing does it. I could go right. art mm -hmm. does it. I could go yep. on and on and on and on yep. about. But at the end of the day, right. what it is, is letting go of the mind and actually getting into flow. And um, I've been researching flow now for quite a while. And the, the people that we esteem the most in the world are the ones that are just simply in flow. I know someone said to me the other day, I'm just not going to go with the flow here. And I was like, that's ridiculous because the flow is going and you are going with the flow. Now you can resist the flow. Yeah. That doesn't really seem to do any help because the flow is going and you're, you are going with the flow, whether you want to or not. So that was the silliest thing I heard anybody say in a long time. Well, let me ask you, um, number one, um, would you be willing to come back on sometime? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I love podcasts. Um, I mean, I, I kind of set her up, everybody. She's. I know. Not... What am I supposed to do? Right. Oh, look, wait, let me test. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, if people wanted to get in touch with you, which by the way, I highly recommend they should. Um, you're one of the real ones. I mean, you are, you've been living, you've been living this way, this person for as long as I've known you from a distance. And personally, when I connect with you, um, what would be the best way for people to reach out? 
Well, the best thing is I'm Kpop Jr. Um, on all the socials, so you can follow me anywhere there. And if you want to chat with me directly, um, oh, uh, you can also. Um, I also I do I do sell things sometimes, and those things are at Social Media Pro. Um, dot com, which uh, is the business I stepped away from in 2020 and the one I bought back uh, in 2022. So, um, uh, so that's dot com, And you can reach me both both places. But I'm, I'm, I'm K-Book Jr. on all the socials. There's not another one. So, um, well, there is another one. She's just the older version. I bet you that you do have fake accounts, whether you want to know about them or not. Um, every once in a while, those will show up for me and, um, it's friends that'll tell me, but it's, yeah. it's usually selling Forex or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whatever. Um, well, thank you for taking the time. I mean, you took yeah. an inordinate amount of time with us today. Yeah. Um, congratulations on your relationship. Oh, thank you. Yes. Also from, from my meditation practice, um, another, for another time. What do you mean? What are you saying? My relationship, we found each other because we were both meditating on the same thing, looking for a relationship. And oh, we're going circumstances we met. We're gonna have to dive into that at some point. Um, that's a cool story, yeah. Well, you you look alive, you look vibrant. Um, I love seeing you smile and happy. Um, and boy, the internet has changed in a decade, has it not? It has, it has. Uh, so much. So I look forward to our part two. It was great getting to chat today and catch up and share wisdom. Thanks for pulling it, pulling all the interesting, fun questions and not being a. No, you just did you. You just did you. Bye. Take care, everybody. Hey friend, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to catch future casts. If you really enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it so others can benefit from it as well. I'll see you in the trenches.